Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Sajan Photography Podcast. My name is Jason Teal, and today I'm going to talk a little bit about a really cool thing I did just before I left home for Canada. This was something I think I had posted on Facebook earlier because the show just started to air at the end of December, right when I got back and was filed away into quarantine. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, then I'll go right ahead and cut to the chase. At the end of October, I was contacted by Noe Alonso, and we had talked about this in the interview a few episodes back, which I'll link below. And he had asked me if I wanted to be on TV. This is something that I've done before, so I sort of jumped at the chance, but I really wasn't aware of how amazing of an experience it was going to be. So what did I get myself into? Well, I ended up filming two episodes with the Busan NBC crew for a TV show called Forbidden Alley. And in today's episode, we're going to talk all about that experience and what my thoughts were and all of that goodness. So let's get into it. The TV show itself centers around a photographer going through a off-the-beaten-path type of excursion And the crew had traveled to many exotic locations such as Morocco and Russia and a lot of these different places where most Koreans, I think, don't typically go to. And the show for its first season or two really focused on the foreign aspect. But now that the COVID is here and nobody can really travel, they turned their sights inward and still carried on with the foreign photographer aspect. But they really want to show the back alleys and the markets of Korea with a foreign perspective. So my show focuses on Daegu. And for me, I've been to Daegu many times, uh, especially for a project I did with uh, Expedia, but I don't really know the city too well. And Daegu is one of those places where it is popular if you are, say, an American soldier or if you're stuck living there, but it's not really a place that you hear too often for tourism or anything like that. So I really didn't know too much about it. However, if you live in Korea, and especially if you live in Daegu, then you know that the city is quite historical and its roots go back many, many, many hundreds of years back. So being able to explore this area and then getting to learn the history of it all was really quite worthwhile, especially as a photographer, because it means that I'm probably going to go back and photograph some of the places that we talked about on the TV show. One of the more interesting things, just being on a TV crew of sorts for those uh, four days that I was filming this, was the fact that I really got to see how hard these people work. Now, I've watched the travel shows and I've seen the documentaries on Netflix. And I've always been sort of jealous of, you know, just seemingly how easily these guys just sort of breeze through these locations. And you think to yourself, like, oh, God, I wish that was me. Like, I wish I could travel to, you know, Boracay and just, you know, film at this luxurious resort. But really, we did work hard. We weren't in Boracay or at a luxurious resort, but we put in the time from eight in the morning till often, uh, you know, five or six o'clock at night. And even one night we were out until even I think eight or nine. So it was a lot of work 
And it was really challenging sometimes just to get the right shots or the right feel because you don't realize like just a simple shot of me, say, walking down an alley, you know, if I'm walking awkward or if someone steps into the frame, it's got to be all done again. So it was really an eye-opening experience from this perspective because really I have never actually been a part of that. Like I've, I've done TV shows where, you know, we, we talk on camera or, you know, just a quick little bit of a um, soundbite here and there or something like that, but really nothing to this extent. So it was really interesting to see and just be a part of for that matter. The other thing I have to say is that the crew from the PD to the translator, everybody involved were top notch. I was really sort of worried about spending four days with a bunch of strangers that I had no idea if these guys were going to be uptight or wild and crazy, you know, banging on my door at four in the morning wanting to go out or something like that. But they were such a professional crew. They were amazing and just fun to be around. And they really looked after my needs because really they knew what was going on. I didn't really. So they took me through every aspect of it. And the other thing that I really appreciated was because I was the only foreigner, I didn't really want to be the token Weguk where I'm just sort of the talents and they just are really just sort of focusing more on my awkwardness or something like that. This was by far the most professional approach that I have ever been a part of with regards to sort of Korean media. And the translator Subin and I talked about this and how it really, they want to show us as professionals, not just as goofy clowns on the street. So that part I really, really appreciated. What I most enjoyed about this were the locations because they weren't my usual shooting areas. Like if you've seen my work, you know that I focus on a lot on the cityscapes or the natural landscapes and travel landscapes around Korea. That's my bread and butter. So where we went were some of the sort of darker alleyways and the grittier aspects of such beautiful cities like Daegu, I guess. And they were really interesting because you could actually feel the history uh, through the landscape that we were presented with. And by that, I mean, they weren't just showing me an old building. We were in the middle of a market that still functions as a market, but it was really showing its age. So locations like that really spoke to me, not necessarily as a photographer, but just simply as a person who's lived in Korea for many years and has an appreciation for the the people that live here. The first location that we went to was the Chisong Shijong. And this was an old market that really was something from a bygone era in Korean history. The TV show was really focusing in on the history of the area, but also how it contrasts to modern day Daegu. And Chilsung Shijong or the Chilsung Market really is an old market. This is not a touristy place like, say, seafood markets like uh, that you'd find in Seoul or Busan. This was a functioning market that was really not the kind of place that really wants or needs tourists. Uh, fact is, I still saw some ge soju and koyangi soju, which are uh, where they kind of boil down the essence of dogs and cats. Now, I'm not sure if they were still functioning, but the storefronts are still there. So this was not really a place that was really something on the tourist end of things. But 
what we talked about here was just sort of the history and how these markets popped up around the train tracks because uh, Daegu Station was quite close by and that that was the bread and butter of these markets. And they're still there, but they're sort of fading slowly. One of the funny things about this place was the fact that as we were doing this, a lot of the older people would come out and they were sort of wondering what the hell that we are doing in these alleyways. And one of the ladies just said, you know, really gruffly, like, you know, bah, just, you know, tear it all down. Nobody wants to be here. And I was really shocked with that because I thought there would be some sort of passion or some sort of attachment to the area. But I guess when you've lived there that long, you're sort of over with it. And as we explored, there are some really interesting landscapes. Like what they're trying to explain was that there's one area that looked quite industrial, but it was an apartment complex. And they said like back in the seventies, I think this place was supposed to be like what the new apartments that you see being built around Korea typically should have been. But now it's just sort of a old rundown area. And so it was really kind of interesting to sort of walk through there and photograph. And again, I'll post a link to some of the photos below. One of the areas that really tugged at my heartstrings was an old area just behind Gyeongpuk University, which was one of the areas that a lot of the refugees from the Korean War first set up camp. And it was a place that really didn't scream historical, but it was a mishmash of buildings that you could tell people erected in a hurry and sort of added onto or improved on over time. And you have to understand that during the Korean War, people were fleeing their homes in the north of Korea, not North Korea, but you know around Seoul, and they're working their way down. So as soon as they crossed the Nakdong River into, I think what was then sort of the, the safe zone, they had to build some sort of domicile quickly. So a lot of these buildings were scrambled and built with the available resources that they had. There was no roads with any sort of direction. It was a maze between the buildings and they were sort of cobbled together with whatever materials that they could find. And to me, this was really interesting because there's such a history here, but also too, it was each building was a little bit unique in its own way. The sad part about this is that over the years, these places have gotten increasingly more run down. People have left the area to move into more expensive high-rise apartments, and the place itself is just dying out slowly, but it's still a vital piece of Daegu history here, and something that I wondered why more people haven't sort of jumped in on and decided to improve upon sort of, you know, the retro aspect of it. It's really, it's ripe for the picking, but also too with the land prices and stuff like that. I wondered if, you know, you could almost make it like a student area with cheap housing or even more importantly, like low income housing. But alas, people aren't really into it and the place is slowly dying out. The government did try to sort of liven up the place with these god-awful colors, which I'm sure the residents didn't really approve of, but it's just sort of really difficult to see these uh, historical houses with bright oranges and weird lime greens and stuff like that. But it really was an interesting place to sort of walk around and photograph. One of the other areas that we looked at was the Kim Gwang-suk alleyway, which has a history with the singer Kim Gwang-suk, who was originally from Daegu. This alleyway in particular was part of one of our longest filming days. And it was really one of these things that sort of gave me an extra bit of energy because I could see how passionate people were 
about this singer. What really touched me about this was the connection that the people had. This isn't K-pop or even trot. It's more of a folk style music that Kim Gong-sunk made. So his lyrics really mean a lot to people. And in fact, I could see how much it meant to the crew that I was filming with. As we walked around the alleyways and you could see the art decorations and stuff like that, people were really interested in it. And one of the interesting points that I did was that I bumped into a young film photographer, a Korean kid, who was studying at the university. So he wanted to take my portrait as well, which was kind of an interesting interaction. And I really liked uh, getting to talk to this young man and see his passion, not only for the music, but for film photography as well. Over the four days that we were filming these two episodes, I really got to see how hard these guys worked on their production. So it was sort of a different experience for me because I'm a still photographer and they were doing a you know a TV show for broadcast TV. I'm still a little bit nervous about how everything will come out, about how my interactions with some of the elderly people will look on TV because this is not really my thing. I don't really go out and talk to people. So bear in mind, if you do get a chance to see it, just know that like I was still struggling with not only just the language, but just the whole aspect of it. So with that being said, I just want to give a short little bit of advice. And that's if you're ever stuck for an idea for photography in Korea, do check out some of the alleyways. I know here in Ulsan, uh, in the downtown Songnamdong area, there are a ton of little alleyways that they worked really hard to sort of decorate and whatnot. But there is a lot of culture to be had in the markets and alleyways around pretty much any city in Korea. So if you're ever stuck for some topics or something like that, just get out there and try and see what you can find. Because honestly, like as a landscape photographer, I'm not that into street photography. And if you followed me for a while, then you know I sort of make jabs at like, you know, how they take pictures of stop signs and add in sort of meaning behind it. But really and truthfully, being a part of this project and going to places like the printing alleyway or different uh, coffee shops around the city of Daegu, it was really interesting to sort of talk to people and photograph their lifestyles and just people out and about on their daily lives. So again, if you're struggling to find a topic or you just don't think that, you know, there's a beautiful landscape or a touristy spot, try the alleyways, try the markets, try the older areas where people still are cobbling together an existence with hard work and determination and see what you can find. With that being said, thank you very much. Uh, do tune in to the Busan NBC Forbidden Alley to check out all of the other amazing photographers and their TV shows as well. I'll post a link in the show notes below. Take care and see you again next week. Mm-hmm.